This morning, um, Tom Zimmerman is going to uh, be opening the word for us. If you don't come on Saturday nights, you may not know Tom and Barbara, but they've been in a slow transition from Phoenix to Tucson. Um, at some point, uh, they'll land here. Um, but you do know their kids. So um, Erica Alfred is, is with their daughter and Andy Zimmerman, and they've got a couple of little grandkids running around here as well. So um, but I'm really thankful, Tom, to have you come and bring the word. So come on up. Good morning. Yes, uh, you say it, it's been a slow transition. It's been like three or it's got to be the slowest move ever. We uh, fortunately were uh, about the time that Josiah was on the way. We heard God say, go start moving down to Tucson. And so we've been, we're normally up in the Phoenix area and we work there and very often we're down here on the weekends. A um, bit about, about background about us. Uh, Barbara and I, like uh, a number of others here, were, we were formerly missionaries uh, in Vienna, Austria for about eight years, uh, then did some pastoral ministry, and the past 21 years have led a ministry called Life Changers Christian Counseling and Life Coaching, and we have a staff of six of us up there spread across the valley, and we try to help people get life turned around. Um, I'd like to, uh, this morning, share a little bit about Forgiveness and the topic is the gift of forgiveness. And uh, it seems like we keep talking about that in the counseling setting, but I think every one of us has to deal with this topic. Think about a really cool gift you got when you were a child. I remember I was maybe early high school days, and I got this really cool record player. Not, not the fancy kind they've got now like our son has, but this is like the original ones, that, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and all these, these really cool things back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, I thought it was just fantastic. I thought, now I've got it made. Of course, we know that all these gizmos and all these gadgets, whether it's the latest iPhone or whatever, they wear out, they wear off their newness, but a gift, it gladdens the heart. It, it makes us excited about something. Uh, it sometimes solves a problem for us. And we talk about the gift of forgiveness, and I know we have all had to confront that. I'd like to take us back there and think a little bit more about it this morning. We're going to talk about forbearance and forgiveness in Colossians chapter 3. Um, I would, though, like to first off qualify just a little bit. When we talk about forgiveness and forbearance. There's a number of us that have been abused. We've been wounded very badly. Forgiveness never means you have to allow your abuser back into your life and, for, and try to forget it. To, we hear the phrase forgive and forget. Well, I don't know about you, but that's impossible. I don't forget things that have been done to me. Um, and each one of us has a story. Each one of us has had wounds. Yet with God's grace, we, we, give the, we experience this gift of forgiveness, and we offer it, and we seek it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Colossians chapter uh, 3 starts with the words, since then, or therefore. You know, when the Apostle Paul writes, when he has the word therefore, what are, we, what are you supposed to say? What is it there for? Right, of course. Based on what God has done for us, in, and it's in chapters 1 and 2, the theology, who Jesus is, the supremacy of Jesus, how he reunites us and reconciles us to the Father. Then we come, and I'd like to just uh, take a moment and read 
uh, verses 1 to 11 of Colossians 3. If you haven't read, follow along. And then we're going to get into the heart of it in, chapter, in verses 12 and 13. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will, you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever it belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. That last verse, when I read that, there's no room for divisions among us, is there? There's no room for worrying about what, what practices we have or what our skin color is or, or what our backgrounds are, ethnicity or any of that. In the body of Christ, there's no room for that because we've, we've been redeemed and we've been forgiven. We're brought new and we're made unity in the Lord. So then we go on to uh, verse 12 and 13. And do we have that up there? There we go. Let's read this out loud together, would you? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Back in eighth grade, I remember Mrs. Kaysbeer, my English teacher, was she taught us to diagram sentences. If you've never done that, you know, it's kind of a unique thing to do. But she taught us to uh, kind of identify the different particles of speech and the different sentence constructions. And that last uh, sentence there, forgive as the Lord forgave you, not exactly a suggestion, is it? It's not a question. What do we call that? It's a command. If you belong to Christ as God's chosen people, this is what we do. Based on what all that God has done for us, this is what needs to happen in your life. Now, when God gives a command, does he do that because he's trying to ruin our fun? No. There are boundaries, right? And of course, you tell this, you tell your kids, there's a reason why I want you to hold daddy's hand, right? There's a reason for these things. It's to protect us. And in the same way, when he says, forgive, you need to do this, there's probably a reason why. And we're going to look at that a little bit more this morning. The verses 12 and 13, the, the verbs there are verbs of duration. Keep putting on, keep forgiving, keep bearing one another. It's like if you're out in the, um, a couple of years ago, we were up on Mount Lemmon, and uh, our kids had given us tickets to see the telescope up there at night, the night show. 
And even though it was Memorial Day weekend, it was really cold up there. And we got up there, and we, we had our jackets, and they had the, the, the ceiling was open for the telescope, and we put it on. Well, we kept putting that on and kept the zipping it up and gloves and everything because we wanted to stay warm. This is keep putting on godly qualities, and you keep on doing this, and we keep forbearing and keep on giving, forgiving Let's look at verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forbearance, and we'll just touch on this lightly. What does forbearance mean? I think the best word to describe that would be lighten up a little bit. Don't bust each other's chops over such little stuff, right? Don't we have to do that sometimes in families? You left your shoes there. Sometimes don't we have to just lighten up a little bit? Don't we have to sometimes pick our battles, whether it's raising kids or even relating in the body of Christ? Forbearing is sometimes choosing how important is this really? When God has done all these things for me, do I really need to pick a fight on this? Some people like to raise their hands. Some people like to sit in pews. Does it really matter? Do we really need to get worked up about some of these secondary things? Forbearance. And then let's focus in on forgiveness. Sometimes when I want to pick something apart and understand it, I just start asking questions. And I, I um, ask myself seven questions in preparation. We're going to go through these this morning. The first question is forgiveness. What does it mean? Well, the Greek there, it's a word called charismenoi, charis, or God's grace, his favor, his mercy. And it's God's favor bestowed on us, right? God has, has done something very special, undeserved. It's also a legal concept. I'm not held into account. I'm guilty of this. I should pay a penalty for it, but I'm not held into account. That's also the concept of forgiveness. The best way that I can think of forgiveness, I let it go. I drop it. I don't pick it up again. Sometimes that's a challenge with forgiveness, when you've been wronged, when it's clearly their fault, right? I let it go. I don't pick it up. Forgive as the Lord, as the Lord forgave you. So another question is, what is, what is God's forgiveness like? If you went downstairs or across the way to teach the third graders today and your topic was forgiveness and you say, class, what is forgiveness like? You know, it's big. It's really big. And how big is God's forgiveness? Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. How far is that? infinite. Well, some of you, I I know we've got some astronomers and mathematicians here. They'd probably be able to define that much better. I know it's really big. It's complete. It's, It's a release. It's a release to people who don't deserve it. Jesus gave us examples. The prodigal son and the father who went out and squandered all the wealth of the family and then he came back He didn't deserve to be brought back in, but the father ran out and embraced him. Come on back. I want you here. He talked about Zacchaeus, the wee little man up in the sycamore tree. You remember that song? He said, come down because I want to have fellowship with you today. That's what God's forgiveness is like. Amazing, amazing, undeserved, infinite. And it's not only for us, but it's for others. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Diana, a lady that came to see me years ago, uh, she told me I should share this story. Uh, 
she was having a problem with anger. And we were in a counseling setting, and uh, I said, so after a little while, I said, Diane, what are you really angry about? She had uh, recently remarried, and uh, the, the husband had three school-age boys. And she was taking all her anger out on these boys. They weren't doing what she wanted them to do. Boys do that sometimes, right? And I said, who are you really angry at? She says, I'm angry at my father. 45 years ago, my father was a Marine drill sergeant in California, and we had to be like little Marines. We marched around the house and hold our hands just so, sit at the table and not speak. She said, I hated it then, and I still hate it today. You know that when you've been wounded from way back when, and that root is in there, and it still is driving anger. Well, she can't go have it out with her father, who's got Alzheimer's in an old folks' home in California. So she takes it out on convenient targets, right? And so we worked on that. And Diane had an, had an assignment. She went home, and she couldn't write a letter to her father because he wouldn't even, she didn't even know who she was. But she wrote a letter, Dear Dad. These are the things you did. This is how it affected me. But God has forgiven me, and you don't deserve it, and neither do I. But I choose to forgive you. I let it go. And she came back with a three-page letter. She read it to me. And then we prayed over it, and she had the biggest smile. The, the, the burden was lifted, and she let go of it. And last I knew, she and her family were restored, and they were up in ministry in Colorado. Forgiveness is generous, even when they don't deserve it, even when you don't feel like it, and, of course, even when we don't deserve it, right? Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Second question, why must I forgive? Why is it really necessary? I'd really rather not. 1 Peter 3 tells us, so that my prayers are not hindered. Oh, you mean if I don't, then that's right. For my own sake, Luke 6, 37, forgive and you will be forgiven. With God getting into a lot of theology there, God's telling us forgiveness is important. I forgive to avoid bitterness. I forgive to understand grace. Forgiveness is for restoration of relationships. Colossians 2, we were alienated from God, and we were enemies, and we were brought near. Philippians 3.10, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, to know Jesus, I follow in his footsteps. Well, what was Jesus about? It was about forgiveness. He gave himself for people that didn't want it or deserve it. To know Jesus is to enter into forgiveness. I recommend with couples that I counsel, I said, you know, there's certain things we do in life we don't really exactly like to do, but we have to get good at. One of these is we have to get good at forgiving. Hopefully not every day, but we just need to be able to go in these difficult conversations and get practiced and get used to it. And then, of course, we think in the unity, uh, uh, the unity of the body of Christ and our testimony out to the world. How can we possibly share God's love if we're not united? If I'm holding something against my brother or sister, what's Jesus say? Go to him, go to her. Whether it's my fault or his or hers, go. Be reconciled. Forgive and forget. No, maybe not, but forgive. Third question, why is forgiveness so hard? 
Do you ever thought about that? We'd rather not. It's not. It's really, really not go there. Why is it so hard? Well, we've been wounded. Yeah, Lord, you remember what he did, what she did? We want to hang on. We don't want to let go. Sometimes it's a matter of pride. I hate to say it, but don't we have that a little bit? We've been wounded. And I think part of the problem is it's so, it, we so easily forget what forgiveness, what that gift really is. Listen to the words of Blaise Pascal from 1654. He was that French mathematician, theologian, writer. Pascal wrote, Fire, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of philosophers and scholars. Certitude, heartfelt joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ, God of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. Joy, 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 tears of joy, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, May I never be separated from him. Do you remember what it felt like when you, your sins were forgiven and, and you were let go and you realized what it really meant? Sometimes we forget that emotive, that, 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 that feeling. We've got to hang on to that to a degree. And that's where we have to remember, I'm desperate without Jesus. I'm not a pretty good guy. I'm really not. I'm desperate without him. My problem of sin is too great. And if I don't remember God's grace, I can't possibly give that to others. 25 years ago, maybe 30 now, it's clock ticks by. Uh, we were in our church in uh, Vienna, and um, I was preparing to preach a message. Uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. Normally, I like to be done earlier than that, but it was Saturday afternoon. I was preparing. And, um, and I normally don't hear lightning bolts or God's voice clearly uh, like that, voices. But I was preparing. I was putting on the last touching, uh, finishing touches, I suppose. And I heard, got this thought, Tom, yes? What are you doing? Oh, I'm getting ready to preach a message on forgiveness. Really? Yes, I'm, I'm going to be zealous for the Lord. Kind of. Somebody else said that before me. What's the topic? Forgiveness? What about Dave? Dave? You know, what about Dave O back from Illinois? Oh, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been six years. Have you forgiven Dave? Well, I'd rather not. <laughs> Have you sought forgiveness? Uh, I'd rather not. And then I had to stop. How could I possibly, hypocrite that I don't want to be, how could I possibly preach a message to someone else about unforgiveness. And I had not resolved this. So I sat down, wrote a letter. We didn't have email back then. At least we didn't. Um, and uh, sent a letter off to Dave. Back, he was, by then he was a pastor in Michigan. Two weeks later, I get a response. Dear Tom, I'm so glad to hear from you that you're blessed and doing well. Thank you for your letter, seeking forgiveness and offering forgiveness. And of course... I was really glad about that. About a year later, we were back in the States, and I went to a conference where pastors would be, and I thought Dave might be there, so I decided to look him up. And somebody said, they said, oh, haven't you heard? Dave passed away last year. Well, I was sad for his wife and grown kids. But I was thankful 
that we had resolution, that we had closure. We can't let things go unsaid, even if people go to the four winds. We have to have those conversations sometimes. Question four, are there alternatives to forgiveness? I'd really rather get around it. We already said it's a command, right? Not an option. We say things like, though, don't we uh, forget about it? No problem. Whatever. (laughs) But inside, don't you kind of keep holding it inside? You don't want to let it go, and it's just something there that kind of bothers you, and before you know it, it builds up a little bit, and before you know that, it builds up a lot. I once met a a man, and he invited me into his apartment, and uh, we were going to talk about faith. And I looked around, and he was a banker in his 50s. I looked around, and I said, where's your wife? Nice home. And uh, she said, oh, she left me for a man in his 20s. Oi. I said, well, I'm thinking sooner or later she'll get tired of this young guy. So when she comes back, will you be able to forgive her? Shrugged the shoulders and said, uh, what's to forgive? Uh, I'll just pretend it didn't happen and go on. What do you think? How's that going to play out? Maybe that was the reason she left on the first time? I don't know. There really aren't ways around it where we just try to pretend and fake it. It'll never be what God calls us to. You know, uh, in the past we've done marriage conferences and one topic is usually forgiveness and it usually happens on a Saturday afternoon right after lunch. And that's always the topic we get the most pushback. People don't want to go there, husbands and wives. We don't want to do that with parents or, or friends or family. There's that resistance there. Question five, what if I don't forgive? Are there consequences? (laughs) You better believe it. Back in our passage here, verse eight, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, anger, rage, bitterness. You can't let that live within you. When we were uh, first going to be missionaries, uh, uh, like you guys, um, we had to go. Th- I had, we had to go through a physical a physical exam, and I went to the doctor, and uh, he was checking me over, and he says, "What's this on your back?" And he, sa- he said, "I don't like the looks of that mole. Go see a dermatologist." And the dermatologist said, "Go see a, go see the surgeon." And the surgeon said, "Show up on Friday. We're going to cut it out." And said, "That's called a melanoma. We can't allow those things to stay around. It's cancer of the worst kind." And then they they cut it out, and they said, "Come back. We want to get some more." Um, painful, yes. I didn't want to go through that. But you can't let cancer hang around. And bitterness is like cancer. It'll kill you. It'll kill your, your walk with God. It'll kill your family. It'll kill maybe your career. It'll kill you physically. Bitterness, we can't let hang around. And the only way we, I know how we deal with that is we seek forgiveness, we offer forgiveness. Well, question, question six, we're getting there. How to forgive? Well, you have to start by receiving his forgiveness. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And the best words I can think of are those words, confess, express, request. Think of those three. Confess. When you talk to God, you don't say, uh, Lord, if I did anything that might have offended you, please forgive me. Well, that's, that's the weasel approach. You try to get around it, you know. Uh, I did this. This was wrong, period. No excuses. 
express sorrow, I see how that's hurt you and our relationship. I want to change that. And then the request. Those five words in the English language are the most difficult words to say. Would you please forgive me? We like to say, I'm sorry. What, I'm, I'm sorry that you're upset with me. I'm sorry that I got caught. Would you please forgive me? Let's practice. Say this out loud with me. Ready? One, two, three, go. Would you please forgive me? Now get used to saying those words. They're necessary. They're important. Have you experienced God's grace, his mercy? Have you stopped recently and cleaned the slate with you and God? We come to the table every week, and we'll do that in a few minutes. Ephesians 2 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. Would you just take a moment right now Give God thanks, confess your sin, experience his grace, just for a moment. Amen. We receive his forgiveness and we offer his forgiveness to others. It's that gift. Out of God's grace and forgiveness, we offer the same to others, and we seek the same from others. Confess, express, request. Sometimes those wounds are small. We can get past them rather quickly. Sometimes they're not so small. Sometimes they're huge. Sometimes they're life-changing. I'm going to share our story with, with you from uh, 1992. It was life-changing. It was a battle, but we had to work through it. We were expecting our third child when we were in Vienna, Robbie. Full-term pregnancy, and the doctor didn't tell us, Dr. Hammer didn't tell us that he was no longer licensed to perform C-sections. And he was the only one in the hospital that could do that. And two hours too late, our baby, they called somebody else in and our baby was delivered and he was blue and brain damaged. And he lived 12 days and then he passed. We never got to bring him home. You can imagine the devastation, the depression, the anger, when we understood that it was malpractice, it should have been avoided, he caused the death of other children, we found out later, the anger, the pain, the depression, and it stayed with us, six months, a year, year and a half. We were back in the States, and uh, we uh, drove from Chicago all the way out to Denver to meet with a counselor who had also gone through something similar of child loss. And we spent a week with him, and I don't really remember much of what he said. I guess that reminds me that when I meet with people, they don't remember what I'm going to say. I, don't, I remember one thing. He gave us an assignment. We went up to the Rocky Mountains somewhere, and uh, we wrote a letter of forgiveness. Uh, we sought God's forgiveness. We sought our son's forgiveness for not protecting him. And then we also uh, wrote a letter forgiving the doctor. He never came back to apologize. But we had to choose to let it go. He didn't deserve it, but because of what God has done for us, we let it go. Did that mean that just like that, everything was peaches and cream, bed of roses? No, it was a, a long pattern, a long struggle after that. 
But God gave hope. Life started to turn. We were able not only to function, but actually to eventually rejoice again. And sometimes, and I'm sure you've experienced this, when you go through pain, God uses that to help someone else. And frankly, what we're doing today um, is partly an outgrowth of that. So we give thanks, and whether it's little things or big things, we thank God that he helps us through those with the hope we can do this. We can break through. We can forgive. We can be healed. We can be reunited. We can do this with God's help, and you can do this. And I don't know. In a body like this, we're close to perfect here, but not quite. You know, I know there's a lot of lovely people here. And probably a few toes have been stepped on. And if it needs to be, go and talk to your brother or sister. Confess it, request it, um, and uh, offer it. And we let love take the place of pain and anger. We join in the words of Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So the seventh question, real quick. Are you walking in forgiveness? Are you clothing yourself in forgiveness, putting it on and keep putting it on? And are you forgiving others and are you seeking forgiveness? As a community, are we a fellowship, a forgiving community where God's forgiveness is at work? God is a God of grace, of restoration. He shows us God's love over and over. This restoration is necessary for any community, whether it's your family, whether it's your group, whether it's the body here. Will you join me with me in prayer, please? We just sang that song, I surrender all to you, and we surrender to you today. We surrender to you and thank you for the gift of forgiveness. And that even when we don't want to, that we, we seek that, our brothers and sisters, and we, we seek forgiveness and unity and healing there. And we know that you will lift our burdens and give us hope. And uh, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now as we go on to the table, just thoughtful of, a, of another scripture where King David wrote, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I think that's also creating us a clean heart. Renew right spirits within us. As we break bread this morning, and any believer comes, and we take the bread, which is a remembrance of Jesus' body, what he did for us. And we take the cup, and we, we, we dunk the, the, the bread in the cup. And we remember the blood of Jesus that covers all, the, the whole basis for our forgiveness. If you're experiencing God's forgiveness today, then ask yourself as you come, who do I need to go to? Who do I need to speak to? Father, we thank you for the cup. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the goodness of God and the hope we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.